Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. Uh, this morning we'll be sitting down with our very own District Attorney of Clearfield County, Ryan Sayers. And apparently we get six more weeks of winter. But when we return, we'll uh, begin our conversation with Ryan. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Community County Services for local family-based mental health. Hi folks, are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services, we provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. Uh, This morning, we have our very own Clearfield County District Attorney, Ryan Sayers. He has been on the show before, but I wanted to have him back on to continue our conversation. So he's graciously given us some time this morning. Uh, Mr. District Attorney, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's uh, been a pleasure. It's been since July, so lots happened since then. (laughs) Yes, it has, and I'm sure we could take more time than what we get this morning to talk about all of that, but definitely want to give you props for coming back on and making yourself available to the community, but also want to see how you're doing, and what do you think? Six more weeks of winter. I'm not surprised that we're going to get more winter. Uh, we haven't had much of one so far, so hopefully it's not terrible. Knock on wood, yes. yes. Uh, last week I was in California, enjoyed the beautiful weather there. But uh, anyway, you're here, and I want to talk to you about like how things are going. And uh, But before we get into all of that, some of our listeners, believe it or not, may not know who you are. Can you tell us like who is Ryan Sayers? I know who you are, yeah. but... Yeah, brief introduction again. So my name's Ryan Sayers. I'm originally from the Frenchville area, so northeast part of Clearfield County. Went to Clearfield High School. Uh, went to Washington Jefferson College and then Duquesne for law school. So I've spent seven years in Pittsburgh. Came back to the area, worked for a small law firm for three and a half years. Had my own practice for another three and a half. And then in 2019, ran for district attorney and was elected. So uh, actually been DA now for three years and uh, up for re-election this year. Yeah, and so we'll get into all of that. But can you also tell us, like, what does the district attorney's office do? And, like, how many people do you have working for you? What does that look like? Yeah, so I I say that the uh, DA has three responsibilities. So he's obviously the chief prosecuting officer, chief law enforcement officer of the county. He's also an administrator and then uh, an educator. So part of the education is being on shows like this, going into schools. Um, as an administrator, I see oversee a staff of 11, um, have three full-time and one part-time uh, assistants, myself. So there's four and a half, five of us that handle all the cases in Clearfield County, plus my staff, uh, secretarial staff, and uh, victim witness who works obviously with victims and witnesses right. of all the criminal cases in the county. Um, so in addition to my own staff, I oversee or work with um, three state police barracks that cover Clearfield County, uh, five municipal departments at this point. We did have six. Um, and actually that number is going to be dropping with the consolidation of Dubois and Sandy and the regionalization of Clearfield Borough and Lawrence Township. Right. But that seems like a lot of a lot of moving parts. Uh, Absolutely. Probably makes your job a little difficult, but something you can easily handle. But that seems like a lot of different people at different times. Absolutely. It's a uh, definitely a 24-7, 365 job uh, working with all those moving pieces. 
Absolutely. And so kind of like when we look at the DA's office, I think obviously you see big stories in the newspaper. Maybe somebody did something, may or may not go to the district attorney's office. Don't know. But can you kind of give us insight into how that works and how does a case end up on your desk or how you decide as DA if, yep, this definitely needs to go into a courtroom? Yeah. So um, when law enforcement encounters somebody or starts an investigation because somebody comes in and reports a crime, they they do their thing. They investigate, they talk to individuals, they get social media information, emails, text messages, whatever other search warrants they need, which um, is a big part of uh, my initial contact with police prior to charges being filed, is getting their search warrant from them, reviewing the affidavit, making sure that it's uh, up to par, and then approving it and giving them an approval number. And then once they're ready to present it, they present it directly to the magisterial district judge for filing. Um, In a small number of cases, I am involved or or one of the other ADAs are involved uh, ahead of time just to because it's a complicated investigation. Um, Typically, we see that with larger drug investigations, uh, murder cases, child abuse, child sexual assault, those things we um, are part of ahead of time. But most other cases, they get filed. And that's because when I took office, I gave them a lot of leniency. I trust them um, as educated professionals have been doing this for years to file their charges without the need for me basically over uh, looking over their shoulder. So you're not micromanaging the process. So if- Absolutely not. They, these men and women are bright. They're motivated. They want to protect the community, and I trust them to do their jobs. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's really important, and it's really important to trust our police officers and those folks on the front lines of that type of stuff. So that's a very good to hear. And can you give us some insight maybe into like how many cases you think your office takes on a year and what those cases are? Yeah. So, uh, we've had, I'd say over the last decade, we've seen a spike in cases. It's been a steady, steady incline over that time. Um, over the last three years, uh, we've seen 1400, just over 1400 cases in the last two years, just over 1300 actually there was a spike with covid and we would have thought that with covid um we'd have seen less cases things were shut down people had to stay at home people weren't going out bars were closed but actually during that first year of covid 2020 we actually had almost uh, 100 more cases than the year before and the two years since that is kind of mind-boggling and it's also kind of sad right because you would not expect that um, of those cases, like, what did you see? Was it, I mean, can I ask, was it like drug related? I, I mean, I don't have a, an exact statistic, but yeah. I would say two thirds to three quarters, if not maybe more of our cases are drug related. And and when you hear drug or drug related, people just think, oh, it's people using or people selling. But what we're seeing a lot of these cases is you're dealing with the DUIs then, mm-hmm. you're dealing with people that are, breaking into homes, stealing from Walmart or, you know, another local establishment. Um, There's fights or uh, domestic violence, and it's all drug-related. And and that's why I say drug or drug-related. Most of our cases are people using, people selling, or these uh, other kind of ancillary things that happen because of drug use. Yeah, which is really sad, but it is an outcome of this epidemic that's plaguing, especially rural counties. I mean, it's plaguing our country and around the world, but rural counties seem to be taking a bigger hit in this uh, drug uh, 
epidemic. It, it really is. And that that's one of the things that um, I, I would really like to work on with uh, or have worked on with um, the state police, their vice unit, the attorney general's office and the, uh, the feds um, for the Western District is in two of the last three years, we've had a major federal drug bust. And we're uh, talking about pounds of meth coming in every couple days. Wow. And uh, you know, the one was centered right here in, in the Dubois area. Right. And multiple pounds um, coming in a few times a week. And you figure a pound is, uh, well, 2.2 2. 2 pounds makes up a kilo. Uh, so that's 1,000 grams is a, is a kilo. And most users use about a gram a day if they're using. That's kind of the average. So that's a lot of meth coming into this area. And you know, we're a rural area. We, we have, thank God, our, our local departments. But you look at the state police barracks in Clearfield that's out in Woodland. They cover everywhere from the boot camp the whole way down to Coalport, the top of Rockton, over to Osceola. I mean, they, they have a, a lot, lot of, of ground to cover. A lot of ground to cover for the, the staff that they have. I mean, I'm, I've been asking. I've been uh, sending emails, letters, text messages, phone calls, trying to get more troopers at that station to cover this area because right now we just don't have enough officers to cover that ground. Well, right. That's a lot of ground just in land mileage, but you're talking about a lot of major roadways as well. I mean, we've got several exits off of I-80 and uh, you've got major highways running through. And and that's absolutely something that, you know, we've talked about in the law enforcement community. Not only do we have Interstate 80 running east-west, but we also have 322 connecting down into Cambria County, going down towards Harrisburg and Center County. We're, we're crossroads for the state. Yeah, absolutely. I know I've had Chief Clark and Kruzelik on this show, and it's a something they're very concerned about, and yeah. it's a big deal. We have a new task force that's got to be a step in the right direction. Absolutely, and they're doing a fantastic job. They've uh, been very busy. They've been very busy in this first month of the year getting sure. search warrants and, and uh, doing drug busts. So it is definitely a step in the right direction. I know they're being extremely proactive with um, their tactics and going after these dealers in the yeah. Dubois area. And I think we just learned how dangerous it can be. Uh, we had a couple police officers and chief hope he's doing well and the rest of his staff, but it can be very dangerous going in these homes that may be making meth. Correct. I mean, that one was uh, an, an overdose case um, mm -hmm. where, you know, it, it was a suicide, but these men and women don't know what they're going to get into when they're called to a domestic. They're pulling a car over for a, a DUI or even just a traffic stop that's, you know, just the taillights out or something. Right. You, they never know who they're going to encounter. And it's it's a dangerous job. It really is. It really is. And that's something we talked about. There's no such thing as a routine stop. We like saying words like that, but I don't think uh, it's possible to have a routine situation. Agreed. Um because we're talking about drugs, maybe we can pick your brain uh, just a little bit. I know you're passionate about taking care of this. You're a very serious DA uh, for Clearfield County. In your opinion, what else can be done in the fight against drugs that you would like to see happen? And I hate to sound like a broken record. I've been saying it for four years now. And, uh, you know, our, our former attorney general and now governor, is, you know, we actually agree on this one, um, is that we can't incarcerate everyone and fix this problem right obviously the drug dealers those that are trafficking these drugs 
absolutely need to be incarcerated, send them to state prison, you know, get them off our streets for years. Um, and actually, the one thing that has been nice partnering with the feds is they have uh, mandatories right. that, that we don't have at the state level. So there's five and 10 year mandatories for trafficking methamphetamines in large quantities of it. So, you know, over the last three years, we've we've referred cases to them that we could easily prosecute in Clearfield County, but they got a bigger hammer to get these people off the street. But incarceration is only part of it. And sure. that's where the mental health, the drug and alcohol commission, and, you know, we started the Letty program with the help of the attorney general's office a little over a year ago now. Um, and that's for individuals first time in the system they're using and they need help breaking that cycle if if they're they've been addicted or they're new to the the substance abuse uh that that's one thing but the other thing that i've harped on since i ran um has been a drug court because some people are in the system they've been in the system for years and we need to break that cycle of addiction because by incarcerating people we're kind of removing the supply, but somebody's going to fill that void. Sure. The real way to help break this this problem, this epidemic, is to get rid of the demand and right. to help people break that cycle of addiction, to get away from the people that they're dealing with or the circumstances they're dealing with or self-medicating because of mental health issues. So a drug court would help clear up. I, I'm assuming, and I want to be careful to assume, but it would clear up some of the cases that do go to court that you're saying can be taken care of outside of that process. Yeah, somebody that's, um, you know, had drugs on them and they're in on their third probation violation because they just keep using. They're they're, going to go to jail for 30, 60, 90 days and be right back out. Just because they're a user, though, and they're going to be right back out, taking up space and time, right? Exactly. So maybe through uh, court drug court, they'd be maybe put in a place where they get the real help they need? Yeah. I mean, the big thing for, you know, the Letty program or eventually a drug court is the person has to want help. And and sadly, we've dealt with individuals we've proposed the Letty program to, and they said no thanks. Right. Um, And, and, you know, that's the sad reality of, of this addiction. But we have to try and give those options out there because the statistics are people that complete a Letty program or complete um, the drug court, their recidivism rate drops uh, substantially. Oh, right. So that's excellent to hear. And so obviously the need for a drug court is imperative. Mm-hmm. And, and the good news with that is, um, you know, there's been negotiations back and forth between uh, the present judge, myself, and the uh, community organizations that would help with the program. And one of the biggest hurdles was how are we going to pay for the program? And uh, myself and the commissioners, we filed two separate lawsuits uh, as part of the opioid litigation. Um, So in addition to the the governor's, or the now governor, then attorney general's lawsuit, um, the commissioners filed theirs. They got $2.7 to be dispersed over the next 18 years. And the DA's office is getting 560 million, or 560,000, not million, 560,000 over the next 18 years. Um, So between those two pots and talking to the commissioners, we now have the money to pay for that program. So you think that will become a reality? I think so. There's a proposal. There, there have been letters back and forth and proposals back and forth to the judge. Um, there, there was one last thing that we needed to work on, which, uh, you know, was more of an insider. How do we make this work sure. logistically? Right. And uh, I, I think we've cleared that hurdle. So hopefully sometime this year we'll see that. Oh, that's excellent to hear. Um, I know you've had uh, three years as DA. 
lots of accomplishments, lots of things that have gone on. Can you tell us like what maybe what you're most proud of over the last three years? Um, I mean, there's there's a few things. The the big one was uh, a step in the right direction with the Letty program. I right. would really like to see a drug court, but the Letty program was a step in the right direction. Um, the, another thing is, so in a lot of these drug cases, um, there's money found with these individuals. Right. And it goes into the police station. It's it's held in their evidence room. And there's been money held in those evidence rooms for a decade plus now. Um, so something that I've worked hard on with my staff, with the uh, chiefs, is um, forfeiting that money under the civil forfeiture statute. Yeah, sure. I can't imagine the money's just sitting there even after a decade. Yeah, it was just sitting there. So actually, we've... Uh, we got, in one case, the Attorney General's office, because it was a joint case, they gave us uh, $25,000 of the money back. But then we filed petitions for cases that are just Clearfield County cases in, in excess of $50,000. So it, we're in the 80000 plus range, plus we have more to come that we're filing, cleaning out these evidence rooms. Mm-hmm. And that money then can be used for different things. So um, one in particular is here in Dubois, we paid for a drug hood. So it's a sealed apparatus that the police can test drugs without having to worry about the vapors from meth or fentanyl or anything else. Right, and that was paid for by seized money, Absolutely. so that's not tax dollar money. I mean, nope. that's money actually finally going to good use, if, uh, if that's rather ironic, but it is sitting there, so now it goes to good use. Absolutely, and that's the purpose of the statute, is to take this, this drug money and put it towards uh, use at the discretion of the DA, and, and we've... Uh, done that. We helped finish the uh, qualifying range down in Clearfield that right. is used by Clearfield, Lawrence Township, the jail. Um, and then we're also sending a uh, big push in the last six months is sending a lot of troopers and officers to different trainings around the state uh, to help keep them up to snuff on different uh, changes in the law or different uh, new technologies, especially with uh, geofencing and uh, dealing with searches of cell phones, apps, yeah. those kind of things. Yeah, and it's interesting. You brought up searches of cell phones. I wanted to ask you about search warrants, if you don't mind. I yeah. know that's like kind of in the weeds. It gets deeper. But like, how does that work, and how do you determine, like, yep, I'm going to sign this? Um, so they, they present it to me. The, the officers, for the most part, uh, it, it's me. Occasionally I have my first assistant on call. Um, but I get calls uh, either right at the office or at two o'clock in the morning sure. if it's a, a car seized in the middle of the night. And they call me and I say, email me down your affidavit. I look at it and I see if the probable cause is there. Um, if it is, I say, okay, do we have the, the right person? Is it articulated what you're looking for and, and what you're searching for? If it is, I give the approval number and they take it to the magistrate, whoever's on call at that point, and uh if the judge is okay with it as well, then they start their search. Yeah, no, I just I find all of that stuff very fascinating. But obviously, you always have to make sure the, as they say, your eyes are dotted and your T's are crossed. It's got to be a very legal document, and there's a Correct. process to it. It's not like the district attorney is just signing away. There is a, there's a process. Well, it's enshrined in the Constitution is that right. you can't have unreasonable searches and seizures without a court order. So, I mean, we, we take that seriously, making sure that we have the appropriate information to do that. Yeah, and I know it's a little off topic, but back to your accomplishments and things you've done, um, that's a pretty impressive list, and it's like very helpful. Like, uh, 
I'm learning from you already that money seized is a big deal, and that's very, very helpful. And the things you listed off, um, that just makes total sense. So hopefully the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania keeps going down that road to make that money available. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's it's a big one. And, you know, some counties in more urban areas, they have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in their drug forfeiture accounts. Which is and, just amazing. And they're able to really do... Uh, spectacular things, the equipment they can buy, the trainings they can send, the personnel that they could potentially hire or, or use. So I, I'm hoping that between money from the the federal busts, the AG busts, and then what we have here, that we can build that account and, and hopefully buy some things or pay for some things that Clearfield County hasn't really had the ability to have for you know a long time, if ever. Perfect. And with that, we're going to take a break. Uh Ryan, but when we come back, we'll finish up with our very own District Attorney of Clearfield County, Ryan Sayers. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Lifespan Family Services, located in Dubois Mall, for local adoption and foster care services. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 375-1314. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. We're sitting down live with our District Attorney, Ryan Sayers. Uh, sir, we left you off with some questions. We're going to return. We've got about three minutes and 45 seconds or so. I'm curious, uh, it is that time of the year. It's an election year. Uh, you've been serving for over three years now. Do you think uh, you'll be running for re-election this year? Yeah, I, I, I will be. I think there's still more to do. Um, I have really worked on the relationship with the police, with the feds. Up until uh, I took office, the feds really hadn't been active in, in Clearfield County, and uh, the people can see that we are fortunate to have that relationship now where they've done those two major busts. Um, so I, I really want to continue working with other law enforcement agencies to help the people of Clearfield County. Um, there's still other programs. Like I said, I really want to see the drug court across the finish line and get that up and running. Um, the, the other thing that, and I already said about, you know, increasing police presence and hopefully bolstering the, those numbers. Um, but with that, I guess there's two other things. One is we're seeing a uh, decline in interest of individuals going to the police academy right. or uh, MOPEX, so the, the uh, municipal academy. So uh, I really want to work with the police chiefs and see how we can recruit people to come to Clearfield County to serve mm. in our uh, law enforcement community. The uh, other thing is, is, and people might not realize this, a lot of people donate directly to our police stations and police organizations, but uh, it's tough it's it's tough because um, there's not a nonprofit. You know, the fire department or EMS, they have a nonprofit associated with sure. them that you can donate to. And the, the one thing that in talking with uh, the chiefs is trying to get something set up that we can have our own law enforcement uh, or nonprofit that we can get money for that we can buy these things. I mean, right. obviously the drug forfeiture money is nice. Uh, do some donations are nice. But if we can raise some money or even more apply for grants, um, that might not be uh, for the specific 
law enforcement agency. Yeah, that'd no. be great. The money's That's a out great there. Great idea. Yeah, yeah, the money's out there, and we we really need to bring it in for different things to update. Yeah, great idea because there are only so many. Unfortunately, only so many tax dollars out there to go to like the real budgets. But correct. Any outside help would be greatly beneficial to our area. Um, that's exciting. Exciting that you're running for re-election. I should tell my listeners that I am a supporter, and that's a known fact, so I'd well, like to you. disclose that. But, sir, we've got about a minute left. I want to give you the last final say here, if you don't mind. Leave us with your thoughts. Uh, obviously, you know, drugs are the, the worst thing that mm. is – I don't want to say the worst, but one of the two worst things that we're dealing with in Clearfield County. The other one is with all the abuse and sexual assault of children. Right. I mean, those are the two big things that we're seeing. Mm. And, you know, in talking with professionals, we don't think that there's more of that happening. We're just thinking that finally kids are feeling comfortable coming forward. Technology is helping us catch these people. Sure. And, you know, if anybody out there is listening, please – you know, report what you see, because we do take it seriously. We do want to investigate. We do want to prosecute these individuals. And finally, I would just say I, I really thank the, the law enforcement community of Clearfield County. It is a pleasure to work with them. Um, they are some of the best men and women I know. And uh, I really hope the community thanks them. Absolutely. And we appreciate their service as well. We thank you for coming on. Thank and you. I hope we don't have six more weeks of winter, but go ahead and enjoy your day.